Ashley and Murata mornings. Social studies. Brought to you by CarolHasTheBuyers.com. Carol Royce, your home sold guaranteed realty. Nine o'clock hour is here. That means we will visit our Twitter account, epically underscore Murata. See what's cooking on social studies with Sarah Gazelle. Hi, Sarah. Hello. Gosh, social studies is so much more fun after a son's win. Ain't that the truth? The vibes are different. The it's, vibes. Yeah. Significantly better. In the playoffs, isn't everything better after a son's win? True. Like uh, Booker was saying the other night, after you lose a game, you feel like you're never going to win again. And yeah. after you win oh, a game, you feel like you're invincible. Dan referenced this earlier, but I was about to tweet as a joke in that middle of that second quarter. Well, it's, you know, thank goodness it's D-back season or something ah. like that. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like they, first place Diamondbacks. That, because it was trending that way, feeling very bad. And yeah, yes. So the longer we could have good vibes with the Suns, the better. Absolutely. Thank good for the Diamondbacks or else people would be tweeting, when does Cardinals season start? Oh, yeah. Uh. Oh, I don't, uh. No, I don't think they'd be doing that. I don't think they would be. Yeah. That's the case this year, yeah. All right, let's get into last night's game. The Suns beat the Clippers 123-109. The series is now even. One win apiece with game three in Los Angeles tomorrow night, tipping off at 7.30. Open-ended question to st- uh, start off. If we do, after every Suns game, we ask this question. Looking for your biggest takeaways. Open-ended. Wow, that was really hard to get through. <laughs> what were your takeaways? That, that Devin Booker had his first superstar moment of the postseason, and you saw the results of it. That he rose up over Kawhi Leonard and was the best player on the court. Not not insignificant at all. No, not at all. Uh, that's the biggest one. If you want another one that's different from Bix, for me, it's that it, the, it looked like the Suns were comfortable for the first time in this series from the middle of the second quarter on. Um, and it's early, yes. And comfort is a thing. When you have a team that has been put together on the fly and doesn't have a lot of regular season experience to reflect on or to rely on, Comfort means something in the now, and I, I yeah. thought they looked comfortable last night, especially offensively. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Looking at our listeners and their responses, their biggest takeaways from last night. Trey says, it's playoff basketball. The Suns won a must-win game, which was nice to see. We have seen our teams in the past fold under pressure. So Trey is relishing in the positivity today. Rafa B says, I still think you need more bench production, especially at home where role players usually produce. The heavy, heavy minutes on Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. I hope that doesn't come back to haunt the Suns like it did in the Steve Nash era. Yeah, it was what, 45 minutes for Devin Booker last night? I don't remember. Katie's about, about the count. same About the same playing time. Yeah, 44. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, a lot of. Heavy, heavy minutes on them for sure. Uh, Brenda Joyce. Brenda Joyce says, sorry to say, Monty and DA need to go. <laughs> she was not impressed by their turnarounds last night, which will be our, the topic of our next question, by the way. No elaboration on that? Just, Just Nope, that's it. Gone. Period. You're out. Need to go. Period. Get out. Brenda the Ruthless. <laughs> Mr. Cousin of yours? Uh, apparently, long lost. Mr. Arizona says the bench remains a concern for both offense and defense. Um, Matthew Warwick says, I've got a real anxiety issue when I'm watching this team. My family and I think this might be an unhealthy relationship with the Phoenix Suns. We'll get that. Eli says, I really like when Kevin Durant got double teamed and that left Devin Booker wide open. 
AZ Kid says Chris Paul playing some good defense and hitting his sweet spot. Monty is finally not overthinking his rotations, yeah. and he let the game come to him. On that bench front, though, yeah. uh, people looking for more production, this is a pretty startling stat. So far through two games of this series, the Suns have scored 233 points. 210 of it by the starters. 90.1% of their scoring output has come from the starting five. Yeah, yeah. That wow. really shouldn't be a surprise. Mm-hmm. It, that's a little bit surprising. Well, that, I mean, I the bench has not I been mean, strong this year. No. But 90%. But you're is, not playing yeah. Damian Lee. You just see Jock Landale probably is not getting off the bench. This, the yeah. subs are more defensive oriented than anything else. TJ Warren only got a sniff last night. So I, I don't I don't think it's all that surprising, to be honest with you. On that note, Bobby responded to that question. Takeaways from game two last night. Bobby says Monty is still worried about defense by playing Shamit instead of cutting loose with a scoring bench. Do you think we'll see that change at all in the series? Not until it goes horribly wrong again. I, I mean, Monty's not the only coach that does this. You go with what's wor- working. You make adjustments when something doesn't work. You don't tweak with it when it's working. Just, yeah. And last night it worked. Like putting Tory Craig in the starting lineup. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so there's one big Yeah, big there's some tinkering there. going yeah. on here. All right, let's get to our next question. Uh, as we alluded to, bounce back performances in last night's game. Uh, we've got four options for you to vote on. Who had the best bounce back performance? Chris Paul, DA, The Bench, or Monty Williams? Uh, looking back at game one, Chris Paul only had seven points, though he did have 11 uh, rebounds and 10 assists. DA did not impress as a rebounder in game one. Monty Williams, as we just alluded to, caught a ton of flack for his decision making. And then the bench scored a total of 10 points in that first game uh, of of their 110 point night. The Suns bench accounted for 10 points. So last night, who bounced back the best? I'm going to vote DA. I am too. Going back to the last question, we had one response that said the biggest takeaway was that D.A. is way overpaid, that mm-hmm. this person could get as many rebounds as D.A., yeah. and they've got a bad leg. No, you couldn't. <laughs> 13 rebounds is nothing to sneeze at in an NBA playoff game, more than anybody else on the floor. Yeah. And look, there wasn't a ton of rebounds to go around last yeah, night. Yeah, right. Not. The right. Suns might not have come back and tied that game at halftime if DA wasn't the one consistent offensive yeah. performer for most of the second quarter. Totally yeah. agree. Yeah, Vince, I think was it you who said if you look at the box score, you might not be terribly impressed, but it was it was the key moments in which he jumped That's, in and produced. Yeah, That's second like quarter every, kept him afloat. Yeah, every DA, DA game is you just can't look at the box score. I have not <laughs> looked at the results of this poll, but I'm wondering if we. Get that built-in Bickley and Murata Twitter anti-DA bias. Is he winning? No. Yeah. He's he's in third. Best bounce back from our listeners goes to Chris Paul with 40% of the vote, followed by Monty with 29% of the vote. 25% said DA. 6% said the bench. But Chris Paul didn't shoot it well in game one, but that guy played his butt off in game one. He had 11 yeah. rebounds in that yeah. game. It was all he, over the place. But he did not shoot it well. And hitting those big shots, those clutch shots, those shots that we're used to him hitting felt really good yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah they really did. Uh, Mason says, I would vote for Monty. Best bounce back performance, but he still played Shamit way too much. Bullwinkle Durant says, without DA going on a run in the second quarter, the game might have gotten out of reach. Okay, so there's a vote for DA right there from Bullwinkle Durant. 
Easy Kid says Chris Paul that mid-range was true last night, and he had a couple of valuable deflections. Yes, he did. And then Clint from Tulsa puts in a vote for Monty Williams. He loves and respects Chris Paul, but he realized in order to win now, he's got to put the ball in the hands of his best playmaker, Devin Booker. Point uh, point book is the best chance for this team to win in the short term. That was one of my big takeaways, obviously, in the game. Right. All right. Uh, Chris Paul putting an end to the Scott Foster officiated playoff game losing streak. It was it was 13 consecutive playoff games that Scott Foster had officiated that Chris Paul had lost. We are, I think, all very glad that we did not have to dive into that topic today. So we're asking open ended. What annoying sports story, uh, past or present, are you happiest that you no longer have to hear about or talk about? Yeah, this this one I'm going to vote for this one because well because I think we all appeal to the basketball gods for mercy after 51 years <laughs> and so far the results are good. The injuries, knock on wood, have happened to other teams. The Scott Foster curse has been broken, and this this NBA front office ruling on Draymond Green is very very much like the Boris Diaw Amari Stoudemire suspensions way back in the day, where the victim um, actually ends the instigator gets away scot free. And the re- retaliation ends up being the one heavily punished. So all the stuff that's kind of afflicted us in the past, mm-hmm. it's early, but it's it, the, the returns are promising from the basketball gods. Yeah, I agree with Bix. This is the one. We, we had fun with it yesterday. Very early in the show, we got tweets from listeners. Uh-oh. It's oh, the boy. Scott Foster game. Just something to overcome. Thank yeah. goodness. Next time he refs a game, yeah. it'll be talked about, not on this show. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. A uh, couple quick responses from our listeners. Stories they are glad they no longer have to hear or talk about in the sports world. Jeremy says the San Antonio Holmes toe tap. Corp Shasta says, how Larry Fitzgerald, did you know this? He was once a ball boy for the Minnesota Vikings. Was he? I did not know that. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, Herm Edwards' decision-making, Biff Rippington will not miss that. Mr. Biff Rippington, actually. Oh, sorry. That's uh, Mr. Biff that, to you. That's right. I'm so so sorry, so, Mr. Biff. Mr. Uh, Biff Rippington is my father. Please call me. <laughs> Uh, Burrow is glad he no longer has to hear about Brett Favre's on and off and on and off retirement. Mm-hmm. Um, Do I Smell Tacos is glad that we no longer have to talk about the Bears passing up Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson for Mitch Trubisky. We get it, he writes. Jimmy from Philly is done with Aaron Rodgers. A lot of people wrote in Aaron Rodgers. Softball dad says anything from LeVar Ball. And then Dave Leonard wants to know, did Pete Rose bet on baseball? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We've not covered that. Uh, here's another one for the ASU football fans. We don't have to hear uh, that Brock Osweiler is six foot eight every time he steps on a football field. Somebody did respond did with they? that. Yes. Oh, I'm I'm not seeing it right now. But yes, it was. Oh, did you know he's tall and he once was cr- uh, recruited to play basketball at Gonzaga? <laughs> I had no idea. Thank wow. You so much. Thanks for that refresher. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Sarah. <laughs> Thank Appreciate you. all the uh, input and feedback on uh, social studies. Yes. At Bickley underscore Murata on Twitter is where that goes down. Coming up next. We're like an hour away from D-backs baseball, believe it or not. We'll take a look at today's game and a chance to sweep for the D-backs over the Cardinals. D-backs on deck next. Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
Arizona Sports, the home of Arizona Diamondbacks baseball. We're checking in on the Diamondbacks as they warm up for the game's first pitch. D-backs on deck, brought to you by Sonic Drive-In. Drive into your nearest Sonic location for the Super Sonic Double Stack Cheeseburger. For a limited time only at Sonic. And by 72 Sold. 72 Sold. Get a higher price for your home. Swing and a ground ball to third. Longoria has it. It throws on the run. It's in time. And the ball game is over. I'm not going to lie. It got a little crazy at the end. But at the end of the day, the Diamondbacks hold on. They take the first two games of the series. And the final score, 8-7. to seven. That was Chris Garagiola on the final call last night from Bush Stadium in St. Louis. Three-game series wrapping up uh, within the hour, or at least the beginning of that game, uh, starting within the hour at Bush Stadium between the Cardinals and Diamondbacks. And we'll start here, Bick, uh, as D-backs on deck gets underway, presented by Sonic and 72 sold. This is the 25th time the Arizona Diamondbacks have faced the St. Louis Cardinals in St. Louis. And All right. Opportunity for their first ever sweep of the Cardinals. Yeah, I broke it down. Um, they've won five. They've only won five series of the previous twenty-four, uh, including last year, uh, two games to one. They've lost fifteen series. They've split four of them. They've been swept themselves five times. But a chance for an early season statement, maybe after bouncing back from a tough yeah. series in Miami where they lost two of three. If they could sweep the Cardinals, that's going to be a real boost for them coming back home. Well, one of their one of the highlights in the entire organizational historical arc would have been that playoff series victory, the five-game playoff series victory yes. against the Cardinals that kind of unlocked everything that happened in that World Series yes. run. And, and, but you're right. This, the Cardinals are, are a gold standard in terms of, of you know, home field advantage, if you will. Um, it's unlike any other city in Major League Baseball. Boston's a great baseball town. Chicago's a great baseball town. New, New York's a great baseball town. San Francisco's a great baseball town. But St. Louis, it's it's the thing. It's the number one thing. In fact, you would you can't find another major American city. St. Louis might not be so major anymore. True. But, but it, that has lost two football teams and prefers baseball over the NFL. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it, so to me, this is a great, great opportunity for the Diamondbacks to do something that perceptually will look very, very important and very, very stout. And it's also there's a lot of I think there's a lot of implications for Madison Bumgarner pitching today because if he gets blown up, sir. <laughs> If he get, are you going to start calling him Hulka? I'm going to start calling him Sergeant Hulka. Yeah, if he gets blown up today, then people are going to be real ticked because this he's going to be looked. He's going to be perceived as the guy that's in the way. Let's go full early '80s movie reference uh, that path. What the Diamondbacks need from Madison Bumgarner is not to get blown up, but they need him to be their big toe. <laughs> Because Sergeant Hulka is not always going to be there. Right? <laughs> That's so good. Uh, that is uh, today's mm. pitching matchup as we take a look at it. Madison Bumgarner on the mound making his fourth start of the year. The numbers are not pretty for Bumgarner. The results have not been pretty either. He's 0-2 with a 7-9-0 ERA. And 
When your whip is 2.122, uh, that will lead to the 7.9 ERA. We've talked about velocity being down already, which didn't start at a very high spot for Madison Bumgarner to begin with. Eight strikeouts and 11 walks in 13 and two-thirds innings. So I would say with the options that Tori Lovello has at the minor league level, we'll continue to assume that it's a short leash. Very little wiggle room for Madison mm-hmm. Bumgarner to try to get this right. He's not been good. There's no other way to slice it. Yeah. No, he hasn't been. And so this would be a good time to, to turn that around. Um, I don't like the chances. And and if, again, I just I, I fear what the backlash is going to be. Already there's Diamondback fans ripping him. He hasn't even thrown a pitch yet today. No, he hasn't. And people are ripping him. His Here. last start, he wasn't good. Five innings, nine hits, five earned runs, and a 5-1 loss to the Marlins last mm-hmm. Friday. Uh, he'll be opposed by 26-year-old right-hander Jake Woodford on the wild for St. Louis. Uh, he's 0-2 with a 5.65 ERA, a 1.74 WHIP. The difference is Woodford, while struggling, was great in his last start. He didn't get the decision, obviously, but last Friday he went five and a third innings of uh, scoreless baseball. Did scatter seven hits and struck out three, and the Cardinals were able to beat the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates three nothing. Oh. So he's got a little bit okay. of wind, but 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 behind him going into this start. Interesting. Okay. Now it's time to take a look at uh, today's injury report, brought to you by the Arizona Department of Health Services. The first step to uh, help is three numbers away. Call, text, or chat 988 to access the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. Uh, the big news on the injury report for the Diamondbacks is the return of Joe Mantiply. Coming back from the injured list, he went on the injured list March 30th with shoulder inflammation. Mm-hmm. He was the D-backs lone all-star last year. He got into the game yesterday, gave up a run. But what this does now sets up a, an interesting scenario for Tori Lovello and working that bullpen. There have been years, Bick, where the D-backs didn't have any left-handed relievers. They got three right now that can operate at a high level. And Mantiply, Kyle Nelson, and Andrew uh, Chafin, and Andrew Chafin mm-hmm. who, who struggled yesterday for the first time this year. But that is a luxury a lot of major league managers don't have. Yeah, it's, yeah okay. That's, that's, that's a good thing to have. Um, it'll help the bullpen. Um, I, I would hope that at some point in time we, we do get a little more definition. Uh, the bullpen, the closer by committee, the doing it by feel, that can be a real dangerous thing. But, yeah, that's, that's, that's a positive. Yep. How uh, about this, though? How, how about Jake McCarthy out of the lineup today against a right-handed pitcher? That's the second time in three days. There wasn't that long ago Jake McCarthy was our hero. Yeah, Corbin Carroll starting in right. They're going with Guriel in left and uh, Alec Thomas in center with Paven Smith as the DH. Hard to argue there. I guess, yeah. With, no, with you're Paven right. Smith with breaking, the way he's but, playing, yeah, that's true. Uh, and Corbin Carroll, man, we, have an, we won't have time to elaborate on it, but with all the expectation on him, he's one of the favorites for the National League Rookie of the Year, and he's gotten off to a start. He's leading most NL rookies in most categories right now. Quick look at the MLB standings presented by Desert Wholesale Diamond. Uh, honored to be a part of your big life moments for over 32 years, and the standings looking pretty for the D-backs right now in the National League West. A 11 and 7, two games ahead of the uh, Dodgers in first place in the National League West. San Diego struggling to start the season, 3 and 7 in their last 10. They're 8 and 11 overall. San Francisco has been brutal, 5 and 11 so far. They're 5 games back and Colorado 5 and 13, 6 games back. I don't think anybody expected I mean it, it it's April. It, you know, we're not even into really late April yet, but the Diamondbacks have a bit of a cushion going into this game today. Didn't expect that. Uh, and real quick before we wrap up, D-backs on deck. 
It's time to take a look at today's keys to the game. Listen, man, I need you to be the key master. I am the key master. Arizona Sports, the home of Arizona Diamondbacks baseball. D-backs, keys to the game. Driven by trucks only, the Valley's number one independent dealer and home of the lifetime engine warranty. My uh, key to the game today yeah. is alliterative. It's be better Bumgarner. If he's better, the D-backs have a chance to come home with a sweep in their back pocket. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. No meatballs from Mad Bum. That's where I'm at on this. Yeah, <laughs> a quality start would be would be good to go. I mean, Jake Woodford's okay. He's, he's a guy I think the Cardinals, or I'm sorry, the Diamondbacks can can beat, but they just need they need something good from Mad Bum. Yeah, going for the sweep. The D-backs do it. 32 and 50 all time in St. Louis against the Cardinals, but a chance for the sweep today. 10-15 first pitch. You can hear it on the Arizona Sports app and ESPN 620. And that is D-backs on deck. You've been listening to D-backs on deck. Brought to you by Sonic Drive-In. Drive into your nearest Sonic location for the Super Sonic Double Stack Cheeseburger. For a limited time only at Sonic. And by 72 Sold. 72 Sold. Get a higher price for your home. Time to take a look at the Arizona Sports Poll Question. Brought to you by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Off we go to our website, ArizonaSports.com, for a look at our daily poll question. Of course, about last night's win for the Suns over the Clippers. Did Game 2's win restore your confidence in the Suns, guys? Three options. Yes, the Suns are winning it all. The Suns will advance past the Clippers or ask me again after Game 3. Yeah, I think um, I, th- I still think they're going to beat the Clippers. Yeah, after last night, I'm 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 in Camp B. All right, I am too. Um, I'd probably be somewhere between Camp B and Camp C, maybe. Okay. But that, that was, might be more know, accurate. That was my prediction with Suns and Six at the beginning of this series, so I'm not wavering after well, two stick games. Oh, well, the pressure shifts now to the home team. Yes. Yep. Paul Gold shift. <laughs> 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 you made Jared cringe. I did. <laughs> I live for that. I live for go. that stuff. Um, I mean, for how often he makes you cringe, you might yeah, as well, well, well return done. the favor. Well played. Yeah, so, uh, so, and I think you go out there and you win this basketball game tomorrow night. Now, suddenly, suddenly the whole thing is flipped. And and now, and, and I think I think they're going to pull it off. Amazing what one game will do. Oh, yeah. yes. And really, what a couple of quarters will yeah. do. All right, 68% of our voters, how is their confidence in the sun? 68% say, ask me again after game three. 26% say the Suns will get past the Clippers in this series. 6% say championship, baby. <laughs> that that uh, mindset always amuses me a bit. Uh, interesting results today from uh, the Sanderson Ford poll question on ArizonaSports.com. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you. Arizona Sports. The home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Bickley and Murata talk Suns Clippers. Now. Booker. Booker, KD, and CP. Um, thought they really did a good job of just controlling the game. And um, like I said, in that, in that second half and fourth quarter, like they really took over. You know, we tried to blitz. We tried to fire. We did a lot of different things. And like I said, they played great. You know, and I, I was just proud of our guys because 
It wasn't satisfied with just coming in and winning one game. I thought our guys scrapped and we gave everything we had. Missed some shots, you know, um, had a couple key turnovers. But other than that, I thought, you know, we came in with the mindset that we wanted to win this game. And so um, that's all you can really ask for. And so we, we did that. Some things we got to be able to clean up, you know, going into the next game. And, um, you know, we'll be ready. But like I said, you know, they were down 1-0 at home. And the Stars came to play tonight. They had a great game. That's Ty Lue, the head coach of the Clippers, talking about the difference between game one and game two. And that was a big difference, is that uh, when you look at an even, match series and I would say you know when you're looking at a four and a five in, in any matchup and there's star power on both sides a lot of those series come down to whose star is better it certainly was the case in in game one when mm-hmm. Kawhi Leonard was the best player on the floor the Clippers won that game Kawhi Leonard was great again last night he was not the best player on the floor that came down to Devin Booker Suns win game two yep. so that's one of those things to look for uh, and the Suns when if it is you know you are reliant on star power I think that's an advantage because they've got two guys that they can rely on we've not seen the best from Kevin Durant in this series he's been good no he you're can, right about he that. can be spectacular and was, I expect him to be at least once in this yeah, series he was a lot of sorts in the first half yesterday but again it, he's he's such a he's such a point generator he makes a quiet 25 look incredibly easy it's amazing it's a, he he's so tall and long mm-hmm. his like mid-range jump shots remind me of like have you ever played the papa shot in in like the uh, arcades of course and you ever see the people that like kind of lean over and just like go like <laughs> underhand like that's how like he, it seems like the, his hand is like almost over the rim by the time he shoots his jump shot at, and it just like goes in so easily yeah I mean but to to, to sum it up the way Big put it is right I mean 25 points and it was kind of effortless kind, yeah. of, kind of quiet there's kind not a lot of, of guys that can go no. quiet 25 that's right yeah. that's that's the whole thing and I've, I've said this before it's like Mikael Bridges as much as we love him he, he score he goes for 30 and we all gasp collectively and uh-huh. KD just makes an off game you know produces 25 points in an off game well you said he was out of sorts early yeah. and, and part of that was turnovers the Suns were sloppy with the basketball in the first quarter when they started to dig that hole they had six turnovers in the first quarter of that game Mm-hmm. And the Clippers capitalized on those turnovers. Where Durant and the Suns collectively got better, they took much better care of the basketball. They had only five turnovers the rest of the game, and you saw how that led to the turnaround. When you're shooting the basketball very well, you don't want to squander those shots. And they did a much better job of, of taking care of the ball. Yeah, they did. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. So, so, And I think that Russell Westbrook was playing real active defense on KD for a while. He was. And, and it, was, it seemed very, very personal. And yet they, they, found, they found the way to, to, to kind of work their way out of that second quarter jam they were in and, and find a way out of it. And, I, and let's, let's hope that continues. Suns also said uh, via Monty Williams after game one, after shooting 19 threes, they went six of 19 from three-point range in the first game. They were going to shoot more. I don't think the numbers were markedly you know, noticeable. They shot 24. They made 10. Uh, so it was a little bit more. Chris Paul was asked after the game, uh, does he believe this is a two-point team against a three-point team in this series? I don't know. I think we just be playing basketball. <laughs> you know, we... we um 
I mean, you think about KD, you know, everybody always call him a basketball purist. We got a lot of us like that. If a two is open, we're going to take it. If the three open, we're going to take that two. And so uh, we just we just hoop and try to make sure we got the most points at the end of the game. I think that could turn into a bigger storyline as the series goes on because I still don't think the Suns are equipped to, to, to shoot volume threes in a playoff mm-hmm. series right now. The no. Clippers are certainly more, but it wasn't a big factor last night. Clippers shot six more than the Suns, and they made one more. Yeah. Yeah, listen, and that's this is the this is the math and the analytics that don't that don't work in favor of the Phoenix Suns. And and when you get in these games now, you can you can be the kings of the mid range, but if you don't defend and the other team gets on a heater, it, the, those those games can get away from you. Even though you're playing your brand of, the, of basketball very well offensively, mm-hmm. so it, it's something that bears watching. It, it to me, it's one of the weaknesses of the team. Um, it, it's and it, I it, to me, it's it, it's an even more profound weakness than the bench once campaign gets back. But yes, yeah, well, and we'll see if there's developments mm-hmm. there. I, I again was a little bit surprised to see that campaign was on the inactive list last night because in watching him warm up, it looks okay. Um, you know, at some point does he recognize the the need for making a contribution that his team needs from him? We'll see. I don't I don't know how much confidence level the Suns have in, in campaign with the way the season ended too. Uh, it's a good from, point. From a playing yeah, standpoint. It's a real good point and and the idea of Devin Booker as backup point guard it, it's um last night would certainly would be evidence to that. That 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 they that he can fill that role. Yeah, and we now know that this series is coming back to Phoenix for a Game Five. That has been assured by the, the split of the first two. And I've got you know the Suns crowd in the first two games has been fantastic. Even though it was a little quiet when things started to look bleak last night, but a challenge for the Footprint Center crowd moving forward. You heard the phrase "Bick uh, dance like nobody's watching." Hmm. I, I kind of want to amend that, but along the same lines, for the Suns crowd, always cheer like there's chicken sandwiches on the line. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, that was that ridiculous. That place got so freaking loud yeah. when Zubats missed the first free he throw. Did. Man, people love that free chicken sandwich. Yeah. That's the loudest what it got by far. What do you think of good chicken sandwiches, Jarrett? I I do, I love 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 a delicious, fantastic, wonderful. <laughs> but but the key is, you have uh-huh. to get them fresh. A fresh fried chicken sandwich mm-hmm. that's hot and juicy and crispy. It's one of the great joys in life. Pickles? One of my few joys in pickles life. Pickles or no? Yes, pickles. Absolutely. Ma- mayo or do no? not like mayo. No mayo. What do you put on it? I, I like to get spicy ones. So sometimes the spicy ones have their own spicy so- uh-huh. sauce. Uh huh. Can I tell that's, you? That's why I need the, the pickles. Can I tell you a funny? Sorry sure. about the chicken sandwich. Yeah. So last night I'm I'm in the car and I'm driving home and I'm listening to, listening to the post game show, and John Bloom takes a call from a, a listener who said, "Hey, I left the game early. I wanted to make sure I got my chicken sandwich before they closed." <laughs> so John Bloom is you know kind of riffing on the whole chicken sandwich thing, and Bloomer says, "You know what? I'm going to do that too." And on my way home, I'm going to tell him that Evita Zubat sent me. And as soon as he said it, Evita Zubat turns the corner and walks right in front of Bloomer. Oh, that's good. And he was like, oh, uh, I, I, no, no offense meant there. It was pretty I, and Blo- I guess oh, that's Zubat's funny. got kind of a kick out of it. And Bloom tweeted out he did stop and eat the chicken sandwich yeah. on the way home. Yeah. <laughs> but how weird no, is Evita Zubat, from what I've been told, is a real super.
super cool dude. Yeah. But the Clippers missed three free throws the whole game, and he misses two in one trip and gets everybody. Yeah, that, everyone went nuts. Yeah. yeah that was crazy. <laughs> Coming up, uh, we will close out our edition uh, of today, the post-Suns victory in the playoffs over the Clippers. We'll be joined by Wolf and Luke for a little crosstalk on this Wednesday. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports. The home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Bickley and Marotta talk Suns Clippers. Now. This one going out by request. Yeah. The Brothers Johnson. Dan and Fountain Hills. Yeah, we're playing this in honor of Draymond Green, by the way. What's the name of the song, Bick? Stomp. Do they have another song, like a B-side called Suspended? <laughs> no, that's, that's funny. I didn't know, when, when you said the name of this in the yeah. commercial break, I was like, I don't know that song. And now I'm like, oh, now you do. Now I do. This and uh, Strawberry Letter 23, I think yeah, it was, were yeah. the two hits back in the day. The Brothers Johnson giving us a stomp as we uh, continue breaking down Suns win in Game 2. And we're joined by Wolf and Luke, who are up next here on Arizona Sports for a little crosstalk. So much better to be joined by you guys and talk about a win as opposed to a loss. And an impressive win, too. With the way things started, Wolf, it was feeling a little bit iffy. Yeah, you know, once again, after that first quarter and the Suns were down after the first quarter, you know coming into this game, game two, of course, they had to make that a priority because they started so poorly, of course, in game one. Coming into game two, you were thinking all the talk had to be, we got to get off to a good start. We have to get off to a good start. And then all of a sudden, they're losing after one quarter. It's pretty remarkable, actually. Yeah, and then it got down to 13 in the second quarter. And and Vic and I have talked about this, and I'm sure it's it's on your purview as well, Luke. But DeAndre Ayton, when you look at the final box score and you see 15 and 13, he's done that a, you know countless times as mm-hmm. a son. But it meant more last night because DeAndre Ayton was the offense. When they couldn't get things figured out, he kept them afloat until... They did figure things out. I thought DeAndre Ayton was huge last night. I made the mistake of wading into the tweeting something positive about DeAndre Ayton Waters in the second <laughs> quarter and was immediately just beaten down by people on Twitter. But I, I, I agree with you. It's not like if you say something nice about DA, that doesn't mean he's the greatest center of all time. He's going straight to the Hall of Fame. When they were on the verge of, of being run out of the arena last night, he made some big shots. And then he disappeared and he got in foul trouble and he wasn't big from, from there on. But I, I don't think he was perfect, but I thought he was a huge part of them still being in the game midway through the second quarter. Yeah, Bick, I don't think they win that game without DeAndre Ayton second quarter no, contributions. No, this, the, the, the game, I mean, it was real tenuous. The offense looked broken. The Clippers were just, it was a layup drill. They were just going downhill to the basket. And I thought to myself, what is the matter with the bas- this basketball team now? What is the issue this year? And and that thing could have gotten really out of control if DA didn't make a series of those little feathery mid-range jumpers he did. So yeah, I I think he I think he was locked in more um certainly more than he was in game 1. You know, I really thought too guys that at certain points the core 4 for the Phoenix Suns when you think about this game, game 2, the core 4 took over the game at some point in time. DA of course, those 12 points early on, they were huge the first half. He what? He had a 12 uh 12 burger and then put up eight rebounds as well. Mm-hmm. So I mean, to your guys point, he he was keeping the Suns afloat 
boat. And then all of a sudden, you had KD kind of going off in that second quarter a little bit once they got down 13 mm-hmm. points as, along with Devin Booker. And then Book, as we all know, in the third quarter went off himself 18 points in that quarter. And then Chris Paul. Oddly enough, Chris Paul, with a little return to CP Clutch in the last five minutes, started making plays that gave the Suns the opportunity to pull away and win the game. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> what you said, Vince, of, of, you know, can you start slowly again? No, unless you're going to shoot 67.5% in the second and third quarters and Devin Booker's going to do what he did. Yeah. If Booker's going to do what he did, you can pretty much start any way you want. I, I don't know if that's the best recipe for success to just count on him doing that every night, but also he could do that every night. Yeah, I looked at the numbers, too, uh, you know, where this ranks historically in, in, in Suns franchise history in terms of shooting percentage in a playoff game. It was number 15 believe it or not, at 58.8%. But their percentage on two-pointers was above 70%, which was in the high upper echelon. So, you know, we talk about the Suns being the monsters of the Mm -hmm. mid-range. They really kind of flexed on that last night in in coming back and and putting the game away. You know, just watching Kevin Durant and how he plays, it's so demoralizing to a defender. (laughs) There are so many guys that are up in his grill. I mean, up in his face and on him. And yet, he's just hyped pointing the ball, floating through the air, and nothing but net on that mid-range stuff, just all around the paint. It's incredible to watch him. I thought, how demoralizing. It was like trying to block Lawrence Taylor. It was demoralizing (laughs) trying to do that. It gave you the long face, and watching him at certain points in this game, when the Clippers were doing everything they could to defend him as well as they could, it's got to be demoralizing to some degree. Yeah, and uh, Bick wrote about it on ArizonaSports.com and he's right on the money about Devin Booker just kind of taking over at a certain stretch. That third quarter was a thing of beauty doing it, not only scoring, but also playing defense. uh, Coming up with a big steal at a crucial point. Distributing the basketball, thirty-eight and nine is not a common stat line for Devin Booker. No, uh, you know, it, th- I I brought up the point when you've got a series that's evenly matched between two teams like this with star power on both sides, and there's you know there's two surefire Hall of Famers on both rosters right now uh, that are that are on the court. It's going to come down to which of the great players plays the best. Last night it was Devin Booker, and that was. Not necessarily what I expected. I thought it would be a Kevin Durant moment, but man, Book was this. This is near one of his best games, and he did it playing point guard. Now yeah. I can't emphasize this enough. That's what unlocked this team's offense in the third quarter was Devin Booker playing fast, much faster than Chris Paul does, and creating the spacing and creating open threes. And the Suns, bam, just like that, had rhythm. And so I, 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 I don't think we can minimize what we witnessed last night in this regard and what it might mean to this team going forward. Isn't it weird too watching the Suns run their offense when Chris Paul's out there and Devin Booker or anybody else is bringing the ball up the floor and Chris Paul's just kind of jogging looking around without the ball? Like, <laughs> what am I supposed to do? But uh, Bickley, I mean, you're obviously 100% right right there. That that unlocked the entire game and somebody had to take over because the arena was just kind of quiet and people mm-hmm. were just kind of like is this really happening again? And yeah. I don't even know. I mean, do you, you have the thought of like, okay, well you can't do this two, two years in a row. We got to change things. You did change things dramatically to get to this point. So somebody had to take over. I think it's more meaningful when it's Devin Booker, obviously, given his history. Yeah, Not talking about change of geography or scenery, because the next two games are in L.A., so leave that out. Leave the Clippers out of it. From a Suns standpoint, when you look at just solely the Phoenix Suns in this series going into Game 3, 
What concerns you the most about the, the, the rest of the series? It's still the physicality. It's still the physicality and the fact that I think the Clippers think they're a more physical team, think they have to be a more physical team than the Phoenix Suns. Listen, you, you can't out-talent the Phoenix Suns. You can't do it. But you can out-tough them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's exactly what every team is going to try to do throughout this playoffs. And it starts with the Clippers. Yeah, I always just get a little bit nervous when it takes a, a Herculean effort like it did last night to win a game, but Booker obviously has that in him. Yeah. The Clippers are kind of just like a baseline. If you play poorly against them, you're going to lose. If you play really well, you'll probably win. Be legendary. That's what Kobe said. That's what Book was. Yeah, it definitely was last night. No doubt about it. Uh, guys, thanks for joining us. We'll be listening. Uh, Wolf and Luke have the floor for the next four hours. Well, I might be two. sleeping, but have a great show, guys. <laughs> you know what? I'll tape it and I'll yeah. send it to you. We'll read about old, it tomorrow in the, in the trades. <laughs> I thought you guys were sticking around for four more hours. Nah, I got about four minutes in me, Luke. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, that's going to do it for us today. Thanks to the legendary Al McCoy for joining us as well. We're back tomorrow morning, bright and early at 6 a.m. Here on Bickley and Murata Mornings on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Have a great day, everybody.